Amen. We've been talking about identity the last several weeks, and we're going to continue on that this morning, recognizing uh, who, what our real ID is and who we are, who God has created us to be. And like the song lyrics, you know, that we are children of God. Love has called your name, and he has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light as children of the Most High God. So we're excited about that. We're going to begin this morning's teaching from Ephesians chapter 2. So I encourage you to read along with me as we look at that. Ephesians, the second chapter, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. And I want you to know that uh, as I'm reading this, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. I want you to read along, but I also want you to, to just uh, keep this thought in mind, that this particular text that I'm going to share with you this morning, this does not instruct you to do anything. It's only stating what God has done in Christ. So just relax. We're, we're, we're talking about discovering our identity, who we are in Christ. And so uh, even though it's not instructing you to do anything, it's simply stating what God has done in Christ. The implications are enormous of, of, for, what we should be, uh, for what we should be doing and we should be thinking. And really what it's doing is contrasting two ways of living, two identities. You know, the former life uh, before Christ, a life in sin and bondage, a slave to fear and the present life that we enjoy in Jesus Christ. And so the, 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 the question begs to be asked, where will you be living? What identity will you be uh, uh, siding up with? So let's begin. Verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. I'm going to say used to. Used to. <laughs> say it like you mean it, okay? <laughs> Looks like we're going to have a good revival meeting here this morning. Say all of us used to live that way. Say it like you've been born again. Used to live that way. <laughs> you sound like you struggled saying that like Pastor Ray. I'm still living like that. All right, in Jesus' name, let's have an altar call right now. <laughs> All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But, our, uh, but our very, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Verse 4, we have a transition taking place here. Thank God for transitions. It says, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace. Well, the language here is rich. The incredible wealth of his grace. Don't you love that language? Incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 8. God saved you 
by his grace, when you believe, and you can't take credit for this, it is the gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. Everyone say, I'm his masterpiece. Talking about identity, you are God's masterpiece. You are saved by grace, not a works. God's masterpiece, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So the focus of this text is identity. Who is God and who are we? And from knowing who we are, we know how to live for our true identity is not determined by personal characteristics or experiences or abilities. Our past does not define our identity. Our identity is defined in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. So in these particular verses, the identity transitions from uh, verses one through three over to uh, verse four, where it says, but God who is rich, God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. It's just, just a, a, a powerful transition. And verse six goes on then and tells us how uh, because of this transition it, that he has raised us from the dead. And I also want you to just pause here for a moment. This is talking I mean, it applies to each one of us individually, but the language here is talking to collectively as the body of Christ. Called in Christ Jesus. We've been made alive in Christ Jesus. We have been raised up together with Christ Jesus, and we have been seated together with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. So that's our corporate identity as the body of Christ. There are many different personality profiles that have been out throughout the years, and they all have a validity to them. They certainly help us understand ourselves and understand one another. And the, the goal there is, is not to make excuses for, for our fleshly nature. The goal is not to make excuses for our fleshly nature. Well, I can't help it. I'm a one, I'm a three, I'm an eight, I'm a nine, or whatever other personality profiles you may be familiar with. But they, they certainly do have a, a, a degree of merit to them in helping us in, in a natural realm in flowing together with one another. But any, any personality profiles in this natural world for them to be successful and to be of any value at all, they, they need to be based on the, they need to be established upon and an extension of, first and foremost, who we have been made to be in Christ Jesus. First and foremost, we have been raised up together with Christ. We have been made alive together. God is so rich in mercy. He's so rich in mercy. We've been raised up together with him, made alive together with him. One of the keys that has helped me over the years, and some years ago I came across this, in helping to understand the, the Pauline epistles, the doctrines of the Apostle Paul, and the letters that he wrote to the churches, is that Paul's language is almost uh, entirely written from a perspective of being in Christ, in him, realities. You see it right here. We've been raised up together with Christ. It's corporate with Christ, raised up together with him. We've been seated together with him in heavenly places. We've been made alive, raised up and seated with him. So that is our true identity as born again, children of God. So when you uh, or in communication with other people, or we're conversing, we're saying, yes, I'm a born-again child of God. I received Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. We are identifying with the body of Christ as being made alive, raised up, 
and seated together with him in Christ. So it's that in him, that corporate language, that together we have, this has happened for us through Jesus Christ. And it's because God is so rich in his mercy. He is such a good God that love has called your name. Love has called my name and has raised us up together from the dead, seated together with him. Then in concluding there in verse 10, that we are now God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. God's masterpiece, a masterpiece, not an afterthought, not a grudging land. Well, yes, I need to do this, but you're the masterpiece. You are the best of the best. So understanding your identity, understanding who you are in Christ Jesus, whether consciously or unconsciously uh, known, it determines how you live, how you live. For your beliefs will always be, will always determine your behavior. We experience God's abundant grace and mercy. We experience it now, and we will continue to experience it throughout all of eternity. And we are created anew in Christ. Everyone say, I'm created anew. That means there's an old, there's a past, but it's been done away with. And because the past has been done away with, by the shed blood of Jesus Christ, love has called your name. You have been made alive together with Christ, raised up together with him, and seated together with him. The past is no longer your identity. Stop identifying with it. It's no longer your identity. And we are guilty many times in the body of Christ. You know, we, we love to hear what we would, you know, we, we classify them as a really good testimony. Well, a really good testimony is I was saved at four and there's no more. <laughs> but that won't get you on national television. That won't get you a whole bunch of likes on social media. No, what gets you a whole bunch of attention is something that's really gory, really ugly. And say, oh, that's an awesome testimony. What's wrong with being saved at four and there's no more? That's a testimony to the grace of God, the sustaining grace of God, the keeping grace of God, the protecting grace of God. Amen? Amen. Well, I know you're kind of bored with that. Come on, Pastor Ray, give me some scoop. <laughs> well, let me really tell you what happened. Before I ever committed any sin at all, God, in his good grace, had it covered through Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And when that became a reality to me, and I accepted that, I was born anew. I was born anew. The old is gone. It's no longer, the Apostle Paul said it this way, it's not no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that is living in me. It's Christ that's living in me. And I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me and so forth. And so recognize and realize that you have been made anew. You've been made alive. You are a new person in Christ Jesus. And so I want you to uh, recognize that and to identify with it and, and recognize that because, you have, because of your new identity 
in and with Christ. You are a person about whom it must be said you have experienced salvation as a present reality. You are a new creation in Christ. You are made alive. You have been raised up and you are seated together with Christ and you are continuing to experience the abundant grace and mercy now and throughout all of eternity. That is your true identity. Stop focusing on the failure. Stop focusing on the past. And by all means, stop identifying yourself with your past before receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And even though other people may look at it as that's an awesome testimony, you need to keep talking about it. Not really. There's not anything in the scripture that you need to keep talking about. What we need to be talking about and celebrating is who we have been made as, as a new person in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Now, I want to invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we want to continue to, uh, I, I made mention of just a few moments ago how this language here is talking, it's, it's a corporate language. Certainly, we, can, we need to take it personally as well. But corporately, the identity of the church uh, uh, and, and what our, in our identity, what we are, how we are to be responding to that. And here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'll begin reading at verse 14. It says, either way, Christ's love controls or, or compels us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all we also believe that we have all died to our old life, to our old life. We've all died to it. Well, if you died to something, stop resurrecting it. I've been to a, enough funerals in my lifetime. I don't need to attend anymore, but, I, but I've never been to one where the person that we were at their funeral that had anything to say about their past. They gave no voice to it. <laughs> Just something for you to think about. They gave no voice to it. Did they have a past? Yes. Did they give voice to it? No. Well, you died and your life is hidden in Christ. You've been raised up together with him. Stop celebrating. Stop talking about it. And by all means, don't be bragging about it. You're born again. Boast in who you have become. I digress again. Verse 14, either way Christ's love controls us since we believe that Christ died for all. We also believe that we, we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. No longer live for themselves. So in your new identity, you no longer live for yourselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. So in your new identity, you live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Christ died and was raised for them, speaking about us. Verse 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Now, this could be a complete different sermon about uh, not being judgmental, not evaluating others from a human perspective, judging people. Because we have stopped evalu evaluating others from a human point of view. Listen to this next line. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently, how differently we know him now. So when the Apostle Paul is writing there, you know, he said, we've even judged Christ 
from a human point of view, to bring him down to the level of a mere man. He was fully God and fully man. And when he was fully man, he was uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. But to evaluate him simply as a mere man and not as, as, as the God man was to miss the reason that God was manifested in the flesh. And he's just saying, hey, you know, we had it, the, the message Bible says we had it all wrong. We had it all wrong. So we need to stop evaluating others from a human point of view because others, just like ourselves have been born again and you say, well, I just don't see the fruit in that. There's nowhere in the Bible that says we are to be fruit inspectors, but we are to be fruit producers. Amen. And speaking of that next week, we're going to start a new series called Peeled. What's under your skin? So you don't want to miss that next Sunday morning. We are called to be fruit producers, not fruit inspectors. We are no longer to be evaluating people in the flesh. We have no business evaluating people in the flesh. And it's really, it's, it's, it's referring there to ref, uh, judging people and evaluating people from how we used to know them. Well, yes, it's the same person, but the person became born again. I'm the same me, but I became born again. I became a new person in Christ Jesus. There's a new creation. You may not see the fullness of it yet, but the reality is I have been made alive together with Christ. I have been raised up together with him, and I'm seated together with him in heavenly places, and so are you. Amen? So are you. You've been raised up. You've been made alive. And you're seated together with them. So we need to begin honoring one another, appreciating one another as a new person in Christ Jesus and no longer be evaluating from a mere human point of view. You got it all wrong. We get it wrong every time we do that. Every time we do that. I remember some years ago, I was, in, it was up in New York State. If I mentioned a person's name, you meant, some of you might recognize it. But anyway, I was, at, I was, I was, I was in a meeting, and, and the minister, he was a nationally known minister, and I was excited about hearing him speak, and, and uh, the worship was going on. And, and, and just as the worship ended and the speaker was about to begin speaking, an entourage came in from the side and, and, uh, and, and ushered the speaker's wife up front, and uh, there's a lot of commotion around that, and, I'm, and, and I, I'm judging from a mere human point of view, and I'm thinking, oh, so you become famous in the Christian world, and you start traveling all over the place and doing conferences, and you have national television ministry, you don't have to, you don't have to stand in here for worship. You can just stay in the back, and you just come in when your husband preaches. And these things were all going through my mind as a Christian, as a pastor of Grace Church. I was evaluating from a mere human statement, from a mere human viewpoint. I remember going through that whole process. And then as soon as the minister was done speaking, he, was, he did an altar call and had many people were responding for, for salvation and, and for healing and so forth. But as soon as he was done speaking, this entourage again took the speaker's, escorted the speaker's wife out and like, really, really? You came all the way from there to here to come in and then go out. So I had these very judgmental thoughts. And went through the rest of the meeting, came home. Like a week later, I found out that this particular lady just had a brain tumor removed a couple weeks prior to this. 
and she was in the recovery process. I didn't know that. So I was judging from a mere human standpoint. Here, she was exercising a greater commitment to God and a greater faith and exercising and, and working harder for her appearance than I did for mine. But I was judging her, thinking, oh, you're so good. You don't need this or you don't need that. And you have all this entourage taking care of you. No, she was walking by faith, believing God that I can do this. I, I'll go to that service. I will hear the word. See, from a mere human standpoint, you just don't know what you don't know. Remind yourself, I don't know what I don't know. Therefore, I'm not going to make any judgments. It doesn't matter to me when someone comes, when someone goes. What people do, what people say, what people think, it's none of my business. I don't know. I get it wrong more than I get it right. In my mind, I think I got it right. And, but the problem with that is in your mind, you think you have it right. And so we end up judging one another. So let's not be doing that because that's not who we are. Everyone say, that's not who I am. I'm a new person, free of condemnation, free of judgment, and all the other good things. So anyway, I, I, I digressed. I told you that's a different message, but here we go. Verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old is gone and a new life has begun. Celebrate your new identity. Verse 18, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to him through Christ and God has given us this task. He has given us, those of, those of us who have been born again, we have a new identity in Christ Jesus. We're no longer evaluating others from a human, from a human point of view. It says God has brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us this task. Everyone say, I have a task. He's given us a task of reconciling people to him. So in your new identity, you have a task. You have a responsibility. You are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. We read that in Ephesians. His masterpiece created for good works. Here's one of your good works. Here is the task you have, the, you have been uh, commissioned with a task of reconciling people to him. Verse 19, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Now, this is how he did it. He was reconciling the world to himself, and this is how he did it. No longer, I'm going to say no longer. No longer counting people's sins against them. Stop evaluating others from a human point of view. No longer counting people's sins against them. Show of hands. Are we counting people's sins against them? Little, you know. <laughs> we're not doing it anymore. We're, we're, we have a new identity. We are a new person. We're no longer counting people's sins against them. Then it says, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. As your new identity in Christ, having been made alive together with him, having been raised up together with him and seated together with him, speaking of your authority and your privilege as a born-again child of God, you have this wonderful ministry of reconciling other people back to God. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Verse 20, so we are God, we are Christ's ambassadors 
Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. You're speaking for Christ when you are sharing the good news of the gospel. So you're, we speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. Come back to God. Last Sunday morning when I talked about, about identity, we used the example of, the, of, of John the Baptist and how people were asking him in John chapter one, there are five rapid fire questions coming at him. Who are you? Who do you make yourself out to be, et cetera, et cetera. And John's response, he didn't respond to any of it in the natural. He didn't say I'm Zacharias' son. My mother is a first cousin to Jesus's mother. And, and he didn't give any of his natural, natural uh, identifications, but he simply said, I am a voice. I am a voice in the wilderness. So I came across this and I thought, guess what? We are a voice. You are a voice as well because Christ is in you and we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. Your identity you died to your old life, your old ID. You received a new life. You received a new ID. You are no longer evaluating others by their natural identification. Now you belong to Christ, and your new identity is in Jesus Christ. Now you have the task of reconciling others. There's a prayer that Jesus prayed in Matthew chapter 9. I want to close with that today. I want to invite you to look at it in Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 35. You have the, the new, you have the new task of reconciling others to him, no longer counting their sins against them. And he has given you this wonderful message of reconciliation. Wonderful message of reconciliation. We are Christ ambassadors. So people ask you about your identity. First and foremost, you're a child of God. You're an ambassador. God is speaking through you. And some of the most compelling, some of the most clear, compassionate, and compelling messages you will ever preach, you, you will preach them without saying a word. You will preach them by your love, by your actions. Now, words, of course, are a great part of it. I'm not saying you don't, you, that you never need to share the gospel. You need to share the love of God through your actions. Your life is a living epistle, but you are an ambassador, and God is speaking through you. That is your new identity. God is speaking through you, and what he is speaking through you is he is compelling others to come back to him. Come back to God. So your life is a voice. And your voice, the voice that's coming out of your life in your new identity with Jesus Christ is screaming, come back to God. 
Come back to God. Love has called your name. You are no longer a slave to fear. You are a child of God. You are sons and daughters of the most high God for God is with you and God is no longer holding sin against you. He is, he has forgiven you. And the good news is that, um, you are that voice, and I want you to accept that identity. I want you to accept that challenge in speaking for Christ. You are speaking for him when you are pleading, come back. Come back to God. In Matthew chapter 9, in verse 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to the disciples, the harvest is great. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the fields, into the fields. It's one of those Bible passages where probably just a few months ago, if you were to ask me just to, you know, to, to quote that, you know, to paraphrase it, I would say, yes, the harvest is great. You know, and, and when we think about the harvest, we think about praying for the Lord of the harvest, you know, and, and, and for God, I, I think my prayer often has been, Lord, just bring in the harvest. Just thank you for the harvest of people coming in, the people experiencing new life in Christ, people understanding that Christ has already paid the price for their sin. The old is gone and the new main. It, it, it's just, it's just knocking, knocking at heaven's door, just waiting to enter into your life and, and, and bring about reconciliation with people. Lord, Lord, just bring in the harvest. Just bring in the harvest. Then a few weeks ago, it was just looked at it differently. It's like, oh, wait a minute here. It says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the harvest, into the fields. So the prayer that Jesus prayed is for more of us to go into the field as harvesters and to, and to compel people to come back to God. That is your identity. That's who you are as a child of God. That is first and foremost your responsibility to accept who you are as Christ. To accept who you are as Christ and to never ever forget who you are as a born again child of God. I remember as a teenager, I've been many times in a weekend when I'd be heading out, my dad would have the parting words. He'd say, don't forget whose son you are. And I, you know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't understand what he was saying. It kind of irritated me thinking, well, why would I forget whose son I am? But anyway, I, I kind of just, you know, didn't think much about it. But later, I've been realizing what dad was really saying is, remember whose son you are and may the family sensitive name remind you not to do anything stupid to bring shame or harm to the family name. You remember, I remember, whose child you are. You're a child of the king. Your old life is gone. A new life has begun. All things have been done away with and all things have been made new. You're a new person in Jesus Christ. You have a new ID. And with this new identity, you are an ambassador for God, and God is pleading through you. He's pleading through you. Someone 
needs to hear what you have experienced in Christ. Someone needs to hear that God's love is calling their name, that they no longer need to be a slave to fear, a slave to sin, but they can really become a child of the Most High God. So my prayer for us today is for us to accept our new identity and to accept the call and the commission to be sent into the fields as a child of God, a labor for a child of God. Are you ready to accept that this morning? Why don't you all stand up? What God's word has spoken about you is sufficient for your new identity. No what ifs, no yeah buts. You don't understand. I don't need to understand. God understands. The spoken word was sufficient for Jesus for him to flow in his identity. It was sufficient for, the, for John the Baptist to flow in his identity. It was sufficient for the Apostle Paul to flow in his identity. They all understood who they were in God's master plan. For you to understand who you are in God's master plan, you're a brand new person. The old is gone, the new has come. You are an ambassador for the most high God. Let his word be sufficient. Stop wrestling with it. Stop fighting against it. Receive it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you. Just as you spoke blessings over us, you make declarations about us that, that, that seem unrealistic. Our flesh wants to say, yeah, but that's not true about me. And then our mind comes up and, and we're reminded of all kinds of mistakes. But Lord, your grace is more than sufficient. You declared us to be sons and daughters of Almighty God. Your love has called our name. And you brought us out of a shameful past and brought us into a brand new beginning in Christ Jesus. And Father, I thank you that as we accept this new life, as we accept this new identity, we accept the title of Ambassador, Everyone say, I'm an ambassador. I represent God and his kingdom. And I do it well by the power of Almighty God. With the fullness of the Spirit, I receive the commission to go into all the fields to bring in the harvest. I am a laborer in the harvest field for God. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Accept that. Praise God for it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Now, you may be with us this morning, or you may be watching there in your Cypress Sanctuary, as Pastor Rodney likes to call it. Uh, I just want to encourage you that perhaps you say, well, Pastor Ray, I hear what you're saying, but how do I get in on that in the first place? I'm still stuck in the past. I've never made that commitment. I never had an opportunity to really, how do I know that I made that transition into the new life? 
Well, it's called accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's called being born again by the grace of God. And the Bible teaches, it's very simple, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you believe that in your heart and you say that with your mouth and you receive him as Lord, invite him to be the Lord of your life. He comes in, he, he cleanses you of all your sin, and you become that brand new person in Christ Jesus. So whether you're here with us right now this morning or watching online, I'm gonna go ahead and pray a prayer. I'm gonna ask the people here to pray together with me. Let's make this declaration and you make this declaration together with me. And if it's your very first time and you're here, we want to celebrate that with you. Don't leave here without letting one of us know or stopping by the the connect, connections room, or if you're online, make sure that you contact us online and let us know that you made this wonderful, wonderful decision to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and your Savior. We want to resource you with information that will be beneficial and helpful to you in this new life in Christ. So let's pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I, believe I believe with all my heart, all my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, Christ. that he is your son, that he died at the cross and he shed his blood to cleanse me of all my sin. I've received that today into my life. I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. From this day on, I acknowledge that I am born again. I am made new in Jesus. I am a new creation. Thank you, Father. The old is gone, the new has begun from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I'm heaven bound. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Again, if you've done that for your very first time today, please stop by Connections online. Make sure you connect with us and let us know that you made that commitment.